I'm Mel Stewart, and this is the Swim Swam Podcast. Joining me today is a icon of sport. This man is uh, the greatest distance swimmer of all time, the first man under 15 minutes in the mile, the first man under eight minutes in the 800 free. He is the current uh, president of the Russian Swimming Federation. He is known as the czar of the pool the monster of the ways, the Leningrad Express. Today, welcome, Vladimir Salnikov. Well, hello, everybody. I'm really impressed of, uh, of your introduction, and uh, I just, just got the goosebumps on my skin, you know. <laughs> Let, let, let me explain to our audience, because some of them may be young and some of them may not know uh, un and understand the importance of having a conversation with you. Uh, so I'm going to share two things, and then I would like to go back through your history. But I want to share two experiences and that, under, that will make our audience understand, if they don't know you, why you're so important. In, in, in the 1970s, when I was growing up, uh, the United States and the Soviet Union were locked in the Cold War. And as a child, I would hide, we would do duck and cover drills and hide under the desk in case we launched nuclear weapons or Russia launched nuclear weapons. And it was very scary. It was the Cold War. But, in, but I was a swimmer. And in swimming, there was a name that carried great value. And every swimming coach, if you had a great swimming coach, they had great respect for Vladimir Salnikov. Everyone knew him. Uh, so that was my understanding of you long before I ever saw you on a pool deck. Number two, uh, by the time you were at the end of your career, no one expected you to swim well. They expected, it was 1988, it was the Olympics, it was my first Olympics. It was the end of your career. And it was a moment where it was sad. We were, a lot of people respected you and they were sad. They were sad for you because you should have had a better moment in time. And there was a lot of bad history that happened in 80 and 84. And most people thought, most fans thought that you weren't going to swim fast. And your wife was coaching you and it was very, like, what, what was really going on? We couldn't understand it. And you swam the mile and you won the mile. And it was one of the most exciting and surprising wins of the Olympic Games in 1988. And when you went back to the Olympic Village, everyone was there. And one by one, people began to stand up from all nations and gave you an applause. It is one of the greatest stories in swimming. Everyone honored you. This is the man we're talking to today. Did you understand all that? Oh yeah, I understand everything, and uh, just uh, brought a lot of uh, memories from uh, from these years. And um, really, uh, you prepared very well, I would say, <laughs> from the beginning. Yes, we, um, you know, in, uh, in back uh, to uh, let's say end of seventies, uh, beginning of eighties. Uh, you know, um, our our countries were not really in. Uh, 
it's a friendly uh, status. Um, and, but uh, through the sport, through swimming, we, um, we really uh, knew each other better. We communicated, and unfortunately, unfortunately not many American swimmers uh, were able to speak Russian. Uh, and some of us uh, had a problem uh, with English because we, it's not our uh, mother's language. But we, we all, I uh, think, have the same respect because we appreciated the hard work, which uh, were the key uh, for, um, for the result in swimming. If you don't work hard, so it's very unlikely you achieve something. So, and that uh, mutual respect, I think, uh, brought us uh, very close. So um, we don't need, uh, we didn't need uh, words to establish a good relationship. We really have uh, mutual respect, and uh, it, it, it was it was seen, I would say. Regarding the, uh, the end of my career in Seoul, you're absolutely right. I wasn't in. Um, uh, top position as uh, it was a few years ago and actually I was trying to calculate it was seven or eight years uh, I was number one in world rankings and uh, having uh, world records in the four eight hundred and fifteen hundred freestyle you know I had better times uh, in uh, mid 80s in 84 so but we didn't participate in uh, in the games and uh, the same story um, were, as you guys didn't uh, didn't participate in in Moscow, so I think it was a mutual loss. We lost a lot, and uh, I think the generations of uh, swimmers lost their um, their, their goal, and um, it was really hard, uh, you know, continue to um, uh, to train to uh, to find a new goal. And you were right, uh, my. Uh, yeah, last year in uh, 1988, where I was coached by my wife, and it's not my, I would say, um, um, uh, it based on a one thing, why I um, choose to uh, my wife to be my coach. Not because I was in a position to choose anyone. Say I want uh, this or this or this. No, because I uh, came to the point when I was so experienced in terms of competing, training, and so on. And when I parted uh, with my uh, previous coach, uh, Igor Koshkin, who was busy with national team, it was really, really hard to find uh, a person who is, um, who is close to me and who knew me better maybe uh, uh, than myself. And um, my wife was already uh, graduated from the Institute of Physical Culture, as you say, University of Physical Culture, and she was on graduate, uh, post-graduate course. And she was uh, in track and field herself, was a national champion in uh, 200 uh, in track and field, 200 sprint. So she understood perfectly uh, the uh, theory of, uh, you know, the training uh, on a high level. And uh, she'd been also involved in our scientific uh, support team for swimming for a few years. So when we decided and I uh, finally stopped looking around and uh, we decided that they're going to continue together, it was more like scientific experiment. So I was a rat, you know, like um, she, she was a scientist. <laughs> and, uh, and in that case, uh, any result, uh, bad or good, uh, still could be considered as a result. So she, let's just say this. Um, let's drop a few stats. Uh, 12 world records broken. And he broke four, he broke five world records in the 400 meter free, four world records in the 800 meter free, three world records in the 1500 meter free. Uh, as early as 1976, 
Um, this gentleman was made the Olympic team, and it's, at the age of 16, he got fifth place. But it's important to note that your, your fifth place finish would have won the gold medal four years earlier. At the, at the time, the mile was developing so quickly and times were dropping so fast. Um, there was lots of improvements. Of course, Brian Goodell won in 1976. Take me back to when you were 16 years old and, and, and did you think you were going to win? Did you were, what was your, what were you thinking? What would, what was your anticipation yeah. of the Olympics? I may do some, uh, little correction. Um, back to, uh, back to these, to, to those times, uh, I have to say that Fina didn't recognize the world records in short course. It was, um, uh, named as the world best achievements, which is absolutely the same as a world record. But in the books, you know, when you, when you say 12, you're talking about the long course. But if you're talking about uh, short course, there will be another 10 or something. So I, lose the, I lost the count. But um, it just uh, uh, to, to explain those, who, those young swimmers who probably uh, don't pay much attention, you know, in, uh, in, uh, in uh, world, world uh, short course record or uh, long course record. Uh, I got to the team uh, by decision of the head, head coach. I qualified, and that year I qualified third in, a national, in uh, USSR National Championship. And uh, uh, by those rules, um, uh, there could be three person on each uh, event, um, uh, and they could be included in the team. So now it's only two. Um, so I was the youngest among the other, uh, the among the three. So and uh, the head coach, the famous one, uh, Sergei Vysokovsky, uh, who is also a legend in uh, in Russia and he well known uh, uh, around the world in the uh, world of swimming. Um, he decided to give me a chance and uh, practically insist that I uh, should be included in the team just to gain practice, gain knowledge, gain experience, and uh, just uh, maybe something come out later out of it. And uh, of course, for me, <clears throat> it was kind of uh, a surprise that I'll go to Montreal. It was my second uh, trip abroad from, uh, from Russia, from Soviet Union. And of course, Montreal was really, really, really beautiful. And uh, I find myself like, like uh, in an amusement park. I was enjoying to look around, uh, to see, you know, nice buildings, cars, uh, you know, all, it was absolutely different. And I really enjoyed my, uh, my being there. So I enjoyed the life in the village. I, uh, you know, I, I probably studied every corner in the Olympic village. You know, there were a lot of uh, things, the cultural uh, uh, stages all around and uh, cinema, of course, cinema. And I tell you, uh, before I saw Joe's, yeah, Joe's, three times. And oh, with well, one, you, I saw, was you, you saw Jaws. Wait, wait, you, you saw yes, the movie Jaws, Jaws at the yeah, at the Olympic Village. In, in Olympic Village, yes. Three times. Is, first, is, so people, was, let me say this. So, so our, some of our younger mm -hmm. audience might not know this. Jaws was uh, a Steven Spielberg film. Jaws was a film that wasn't supposed to be a very big deal. And Jaws ended up being, I think it was the highest grossing film of 1976. And it was a global phenomenon. I think it's very funny that you saw this movie three times. <laughs> but uh, after the first time, I was really terrified. And I couldn't really recall what was happening in the movie. 
So that's why I went second time, so to, to get more details. Uh, but I only get half of that. So it was a third uh, uh, turn to, um, to get it better. But uh, I would say, I, I saying that uh, the whole Olympic atmosphere was really uh, amazing. I was like a spectator in the, in the middle of a beautiful uh, stage uh, performance and uh, really enjoying being there. I didn't think about uh, uh, my uh, event, my swim. <laughs> so, and somehow it happened that I, uh, the only one qualified from, uh, from uh, our uh, long distance swimmers to the final. And, uh, well, it was already for me a big uh, achievement. Uh, everybody were happy for me. And uh, in the final, well, I just tried to, to do my best. I didn't think about uh, what place I will get. Uh, of course, I couldn't, um, I couldn't compete for the, for the podium. That was absolutely obvious. Uh, but um, finishing five, finishing fifth, I broke into European records uh, on 800 and on 1500 at the end. So for me, it was really, really a uh, great success. And uh, well, I think uh, Montreal gave me really um, um, kind of um, assurance that I can continue on uh, such a uh, high international level. And uh, from that point, um, you know, I was thinking I'm not just, you know, the guy from uh, St. Petersburg, but it was Leningrad, by the way. And uh, um, that I could, you know, travel the world, could compete in a major international championships. Maybe I think I will go to the world championships uh, and so on, European uh, championships. And uh, it was really a start of my sports career you know, on international level. I spoke to a friend of ours, a mutual friend named Mark Schubert. Coach Mark Schubert yeah. is a legend in the United States, of course. Coach Mark Schubert um, won more club national championships than any coach in history and was the national team director for many, many years, Olympic coach for many, many years in 1978. So I called him up and said, hey, this is who I'm talking to. What do I ask him? He said, ask him about our 1978 practice where the water was very, very cold. Do you remember that? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> so, let me just say this. So this is the way Mark recounts the story. Mark says, you know, we're all excited and we have him and he comes and, we, and we, uh, we're practicing. And, and, I have, and Mark said, I have no idea what's going on. But Vladimir gets out of the pool and asks the question, is this a new training technique? I don't understand. And what was happening was the water was 70 degrees, which is freezing, and the heater had broken. Um, <laughs> but, what, did, did Mark say this was a, a U.S. training technique? How did he explain that? Yeah, well, um, it, was, well it's, um, it was exactly as uh, he was saying. Uh, we actually it was for us um, it was a big surprise that the tra the, uh, the training start uh, so early in the morning like 5:30 and when you get to the pool well you see the dark skies uh, stars and uh, sun is not yet uh, ready to to rise and it's really a mystique atmosphere and uh, a fog above the water uh, uh, give you more uh, sense of something you know mystique happening and this morning, there was no fog, and uh, the whole, uh, I don't know, bunch of people who were there, maybe those 50 swimmers or so on, I uh, just can't recall, 
and they were everybody was staying on the pool deck um, thinking should we jump in the water or not and one girl and she was not very slim as I remember uh, she got to the water and said it's okay and then uh, uh, the first uh, set of um, you know like uh, the first set was I still remember it so it's like a six uh, by six hundred meters freestyle easy can you imagine no one swim easy we went, we went, I went to the water and I feel like I'm getting through the fire. And to warm up, I start swimming as fast as I could. You know, like after maybe a second or third, uh, 600, I uh, asked my coach, is it, is it something wrong happening here? Or, and then uh, he said, no, no, keep going, keep going. The Americans, they do it every day. So that's why they are, they are better. Okay, we keep going, but... Uh, uh, thanks God, I'm not, I was not only alone who was thinking that the water bit cold. And uh, when we, the mark finally found someone, and I, I don't know who was this guy, maybe a technician or I don't know, or someone who has a thermometer. And once they checked the temperature, they understood that uh, it was really, really cold for the, for the training. And uh, they say, okay, training is over, get out of the water. And we were like uh, penguins, you know, like you see the penguins jump up uh, to the to the ice. Uh, it's, it's like spectacular. We, we were really trying to get as fast as possible, just jumping out, And uh, but the training was not over. Uh, Mark says, we're going to another pool. We will continue. And uh, we were uh, driving by, uh, by our colleagues uh, uh, from the Mission Yako Club. They have big cars. We were, uh, we were with them on, the, on their cars. And we, we got to the new pool. And the temperature were, uh, in the pool was normal. I can't, I can't really calculate the... Uh, um, um, because I prefer in, in Europe we use Celsius. not uh, degrees. Yeah. So the normal temperature, it was like... Uh, I, I, felt like I'm uh, swim in a warm milk, you know, from the cold, you're going to the uh, absolutely in the milky temperature, which relaxed completely. And uh, well, it was really, really interesting. So great experience. And finally, we were discussing a lot. Is it really a new uh, uh, technique or really something new to, you know, uh, to make the, the swimming training uh, not so boring? But uh, in, uh, in Michel Yeko, it was never, never boring because they, you know, like, um, the training could start like, like 80, 80 times 100 uh, choice, something like that. For us, it was impossible. We were normally uh, using the classical approach. So some warm-up, you know, maybe one, two, three K warm-up and then the main set and then... Uh, something uh, something else at then but uh, in mission year that time that was absolutely different it's um i wanted to share that with you let's get to the 1980 olympics and for our young viewers out there i'm going to explain uh in 1980 uh the soviet union invaded afghanistan and president carter of the united states decided to boycott the 1980 olympics now it's important to understand the context of this uh, the United States was funding the Mujahideen and fighting a proxy war with the Soviet Union. And so people understand that these, they called them freedom fighters in Afghanistan. And ultimately, these freedom fighters became Al-Qaeda and became terrorists that 
that caused 9-11, the terrorist attack in the United States. And now the United States is at war in Afghanistan, the longest war in U.S. history. So it's interesting how things change and evolve. And you, But the, the casualties of the United States was that we, we boycotted. And the Olympics in Moscow was going to be a, a huge Olympics, celebrated, and a great Olympics. I, and, and, and a stunning pool. I raced in this pool in 1986 at the Goodwill Games. Beautiful facility. And uh, this was really your moment in time. This was when you, you dipped under 15 minutes for the first time when you broke the barrier. Three gold medals, 400 free, 1500 meter free, four by 200 free. How did you feel about competing in 1980 with, without, without the West participating? Well, uh, well, to tell you the truth, um, we knew, we found out uh, that the decision uh, about the boycott was taking, I think, uh, somewhere beginning of the year, to, uh, 1980. And that time we were together with, uh, uh, it was, I think, uh, three international uh, competition in Germany, in France, and in the uh, Netherlands. And uh, normally, well, many teams from around the world, or most, most, say, good swimmers were competing in these events. And uh, I think in uh, in uh, Germany, I can't really recall the was it Germany or Paris. Um, doesn't matter. So we uh, learned the news that uh, it will be boycott of Moscow Games. And actually, we knew some of our fellow guys from our USA team. And uh, to demonstrate the world, what we did, we actually moved the tables in, uh, at the breakfast in the restaurant. So we had together, we, we tried to demonstrate we, it's not easy to break our uh, relationship just uh, uh, you know, on, uh, on political reason. Because we have this respect, which I explained before. We knew what the, the value of the hard work. We, they really were like, we had the same things. We have uh, most, a lot of things, uh, you know, we can share easily. And we really uh, felt very sorry that they, they uh, will not uh, be able to come to Russia because in that time, the Olympics were really, uh, well, it's a huge event anytime. But uh, for Russia, for Soviet Union, it was really a demonstration of the, uh, everything we have. Uh, and normally, out, you know, like out of the feeling of hospitality, if you understand what I mean. You know, the guests uh, treated much better than the regular visitor. So everything we have at best, it was, we, we brought onto the table. And we were proud to show uh, what country have, you know, like uh, sports facilities, uh, food, uh, anything. So everything was brought to, uh, to the, um, please the, the visitors. And uh, we really feel sorry because, you know, like uh, as you cook something special and the guests didn't come, what do you feel? You feel, you know, you can understand. And of course, um, the competition itself. For me, I was very close to the um, uh, world record already. Um, I would say I was already in the top uh, world ranking in 1500 uh, freestyle. I was a, a world champion. I uh, got these titles in uh, two years before Moscow Olympics in West Berlin at the World Championship. So I won uh, 400 freestyle, 1500 freestyle, and I was, uh, sec we were second in our 4 by 200 freestyle relay. So uh, my, uh, the main 
uh, rival for Olympics. Uh, Brian Goodell was, was not there, but Bob Hackett was in, um, uh, in Berlin. So I won uh, this, this race and I was expecting that someone will turn up and it will be, you know, really uh, interesting and uh, really head-to-head competition. Well, but uh, once I knew that um, yoga is not coming, so for me it's only, um, let's say, a goal at the Olympics was not uh, to win the medal because I could uh, swim much easier and... Uh, uh, as I showed uh, the second uh, place were by my teammate Alex Chaev and he was 15 seconds uh, late. Uh, for me, it was really a chance to beat uh, the world record, not just the world record, but to, to, uh, I wanted to swim under 15 uh, minutes. So, and this was this idea were with me on every training. So it was a really, really hard um, period. And uh, I could say it was a crazy, crazy workload of, of training. And sometimes it, on uh, training camps, we, were tra- we, we had training three times a day, two hours each. So six hours in the water, why? And one hour drive and training. We were wasted, you know, like completely. And, but uh, at the end, it, um, it, it brought, it, it gave a result. So I, uh, I thought I, I capable to break uh, to break this record and uh, you know concentrate in, in, in a preliminaries to swim fast to check the um, the feelings if and speed and time and in the final um, you know in, in the Moscow pool um, there is a side uh, board where you can see which located on the pool uh, on the starting block uh, end and if you Good enough, you can uh, take a glimpse after the turn and see if your internal clock and uh, the real clock are, you know, on the same on the same uh, level. Um, so that helps actually a lot because uh, somewhere in uh, in the last third of the of the, of the race, I, uh, my internal clock didn't show me the right time. So and I have to correct it and. Uh, uh, somewhere be- uh, 300 meters before the end, I found that, uh, well, I'm still winning all doubts, but uh, the record may be broken, but not 1,500, 15-minute uh, bar- barrier. And um, I played the trick. I told to myself, okay, today the distance will be not 1,500, but only 1,400. So I run like I swam last uh, 1,400 meters. And um, before I touch the wall, I make a flip turn and, uh, and told myself, okay, and now the last 100. So, but the body was not really happy with it, I tell you. <laughs> the time that you went was when you, when you dipped under 15 minutes at the 1980 Olympics was 1458.27. And that yeah. was a time that uh, made everyone's heart skip a beat. It was it was known all over the world. Let's let's move forward to uh, 1983. We're we're coming up on the 1984 Olympics, but in 1983, you had your best performance of all time in the mile, 1450.36. And I do think this is very very important to understand for our audience to have context on this. In 1983, you went the fastest time of your career, 14.50 in the mile. And, of course, uh, 
the boycott was returned because the Olympics were in Los Angeles in 1984 and in the East and the Soviet Union boycotted. You sat at home. Uh, can you explain to us what was going that my point was, it, it was clear that the, your best Olympics of your entire career would have been 84 and you yeah. were forced to sit out. What was going through your mind? How did you feel about it emotionally? How did you process that point in history? Yeah, that's, um, that's still very painful to, uh, to recall these <laughs> moments. Um, you know, we were, we were in a training camp in uh, uh, Eastern Germany in a little um, city called uh, Lindhofmark, where they have a nice uh, training center, 50-meter pool, uh, decent dorms, um, good food. So, lake and forest are, uh, near the, uh, the complex. And after the training, after the evening training, I remember we went to the local um, cafeteria to get some ice cream, some, uh, some uh, soft drinks. And we learned from, uh, uh, from the TV, it was a Russian program on, uh, on the TV, and the, gov uh, the government announced that uh, uh, we're not going to go to, to Los Angeles. <laughs> it's, uh, you know, like, first, you, you don't really understand what was, say what was said, and uh, second, uh, you just, well, for me, it was like, a, you know, I, I felt like the earth, you know, split it, and I see absolutely the darkness all around me. And uh, this darkness, I don't know, maybe um, it's hard to feel, hard to, hard to explain, because it's like an emptiness which uh, surrounds you, and uh, you don't know what you're actually going to do. And uh, how, and then and you understand that everything you uh, put on the table, your, you know, like dedication, your training and so on, it was wasted for nothing. And these feelings were, you know, like overwhelming and, um, you know, lasting a lot, uh, not just one day or two. That, and it was like, you were, you know, you really lost the hope. And, um, well, it was uh, hard, to, um, hard to overtake this, this situation and of course uh, as uh, uh, we had this competition friendship uh, 84 which were uh, in the same dates as uh, Los Angeles games but uh, well it's nothing to compare it was good we have them because you have to release this team otherwise you know it might be into even to the worst uh, uh, results or whatever tragedies maybe uh, but everybody understands. You cannot compare, you know, like some events, some even good events with uh, with Olympic Games. And uh, my results are better than uh, the winner in, uh, in Los Angeles. But so what? Nothing. And uh, that uh, left me with, uh, you know, the next season. I, I really decided I have to think should I uh, continue or not. And uh, well, half a year I didn't really train much, and um, you know, I have to. You know, uh, to take care to take care of my shoulder problem and so on and so on and only at the end of the year, uh, 85, I thought I should uh, I, I come with a, with a, with a, um, uh, with the hope that uh, I will continue my career. But I didn't thought at that time, so I keep going until the Olympics. Absolutely not, because I feel not I feel in position. So you, uh, I have to. Or, keep going because I can't really stop without uh, saying I 
put everything and I try everything in uh, my life to achieve some results, some gain some uh, titles, uh, you know, the, in the major competition. So, but uh, the, the Olympics come later. The, 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 the thought about the Olympics uh, came later. The world felt like the earth split open, and that's, and that's what I would imagine you would feel like. Um, very emotional. The, uh, so I need to make a correction. I, I said your fastest time of your career was 14.50. That's incorrect. It was 14.54.76. The world record yeah. lasted yeah, for eight, uh, nearly eight, eight years, nine years. It was broken at World Championships in Perth. I was at World Championships in Perth. I watched Jörg Hoffman go 14.50. And that was a that was a unbelievable swim because fourteen fifty fourteen fifty four was a tough time to beat. Uh, by nineteen eighty eight, let's uh, leading into nineteen eighty six. I went to the Goodwill Games, and the Goodwill Games was my first international trip representing Team USA, and it was the first time I saw this gentleman in person. And throughout my childhood, it was he was he loomed large. He was this big star in swimming. He was understood the greatest distance swimmer of all time. And uh, and I remember the first time I saw you at the Goodwill Games in '86. And uh, and I was and I was I wanted to say hi and have a conversation with you, but I was too intimidated. I was too scared. I was the youngest <laughs> guy on the team. I was 17 years old. But uh, no one thought you would swim very fast there. And you swam well, and uh, but I remember this, and I have to ask this question: greatest distance swimmer of all time. However, I don't know about your flip turns. I've never seen a flip turn like that in my entire life. To, and so our audience understands: at the time, you would flip turn and push off almost on top of the water. Can you explain how you did that? Why you did that? Um, we did the train uh, march to uh, to make the the turns perfect, and uh, actually, <laughs> actually, as you can see, the the way the Super Sweep fifteen hundred uh, really varies a lot from the past to the present. And uh, now you can see guys who could uh, swim with six beats per you know like uh, per cycle, which for me was absolutely incredible. Because when I my my legs were very poor, so when I kick when we like swam fifty kicking, like I was somewhere in the at the end. For that reason, I uh, didn't really use my legs. So and the turns, if you push hard, if you push strong, so um, your muscles uh, take a lot of energy, and uh, you can suffer, you know. And for that, I I thought okay. Turns is not my best uh, point, and uh, let them happen fast, and let's get out of this, uh, you know, like uh, salt or whatever, and get into the water and uh, keep going with your uh, normal way. So, but uh, you're absolutely right, right, in terms of the, uh, we could uh, do better, I could do better, but um, I did also the very, uh, I was a slow starter as well. You know, I was sitting on a block, maybe, you know, like half second uh, uh, more than uh, everybody else. And it cost me, you know, like uh, maybe three, four tenths of second. Turns cost me more, but so more concentration was on the, on the work in, um, in, in, in swimming itself. 
I've never seen a flip turn like Vladimir's flip turns in my entire swimming career. I wish I wish I could roll footage of his flip turns so that everyone could watch it. Um, it was amazing, but uh, it worked at the time. By 1988, you had the four fastest swims in uh, in history all time, and uh, of course, in 1988, as I said at the very beginning, no one expected you to win. They, in fact, we all, everyone who knew you and respected you, felt sorry for you. It was going to be the old lion trying to represent his career. Uh, your time in, in 1988 was, uh, what was it? It was 15 minutes. What did you go? 15 minutes, 42? I wrote it down. Somewhere. You know, before, before, before Olympics. Um... 50, no, 50, yeah, 15 minutes. 15 minutes, 0.4 seconds. Yeah. That's a yeah, great yeah. swim. So my understanding is that you, you suffered a lot of pain to pull that race off. You almost swam to blackout. Describe it. Well, um, before, well, I actually have to say that uh, I, um, before, before I qualified to, uh, to the Olympic team, I won the nationals, and uh, the result was not so good. I think something like 15-20, a little bit better than, uh, I think, 15-20, which was not exactly uh, the result um, which were indicated in the book. And uh, the head coach has some doubts that say, uh, maybe you shouldn't go, something like that. And the decision were making somewhere on top. And uh, we have a guy who was uh, deputy minister of sport. He asked me if I, if I feel I could, if, if I feel right to go to the Olympics. Um, you know, like as a national champion, I have this right. As a, you know, like, but I didn't qualify in exactly the time which were um, uh, planned to, to go without question. But in the 1500, one second or one and a half means not so much. Well, at the end, the decision was uh, taken uh, by me. I say, okay, if I feel I uh, good enough to to uh, to com compete for the medal, I will go. But I have to check it out before Olympics, and we have a dual meet with with Canada in Olympic pool in Moscow, and I swam uh, eight hundred, and uh, so I. Uh, uh, the idea was if I could swim between uh, somewhere around eight minutes, it was okay. Then um, it shows that I'm coming to the um, to my normal shape. I mean, good shape. And um, of course, at the, in the, uh, once uh, once uh, we arrived to, uh, to Olympic Village in Seoul, I didn't feel much. I didn't see much attention from mass media, and I saw that uh, a lot of people who were you know, uh, asking for interview in the past didn't really uh, look at my face. They will, you know, look to, to, to somewhere else. And it was a little bit, um, I would say, unpleasant feeling. But I thought, the hell with it. So I better, I'll better to keep silent. I would keep uh, my energy, uh, you know, with me. I was not going to talk to anyone uh, who is asking what's going to happen. So I better concentrate on the last uh, maybe week uh, before the, the competition. So actually, uh, uh, we, we planned 
the result with my wife about uh, between 15.0 to 15.05, which uh, by our calculation uh, should fit in a, at least in the first three. Well, I couldn't say it might be first or second or third, but we thought that uh, it will be enough to get to the podium. Well, and uh, each training I have to control everything I could, you know, in terms of condition of my body. Uh, we see we have um, uh, some uh, guy who could perform a blood analysis, and I see uh, if I'm good or, or bad in terms of getting to the to the final uh, stage of my shape. And uh, well, um, situation change when I finish uh, the uh, preliminaries with quite a good result. And I thought I could I have to practice, you know, like good speed, and I feel I could really really go fast at the preliminaries. And uh, I actually have to, during the race, the preliminaries, I have to stop myself of uh, avoiding swimming too fast. And I thought, that's a great feeling. It's never happened to me <laughs> that I'm stopping myself from uh, swimming fast. <laughs> and I was also trying to find, to, to locate this, uh, the score uh, board, the, uh, where I could see the, the clock, uh, just to, uh, to understand that I'm on the same with my internal uh, stopwatch. So uh, after I finished the preliminaries, the situation has changed. Those who didn't look in my, in, in my face were coming to me asking me photographs and so on, Vladimir, Vladimir, how it happened. Um, well, I tried to avoid this, but I was really feel good because uh, people were really surprised and I, I like surprises and I like, I like to make surprises. So the last day was really, really, you know, I was concentrated uh, 100% not uh, to, um, to think about anything else, but just the right routine. And uh, I um, play kind of a role as, you know, like one of the heroes in, a, in action movies. Like, uh, for instance, there are two movies or three movies I like. And... Uh, uh, I like a lot of uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger where he beats all the armies with, with bare hands. I like uh, Sylvester Stallone who, who, who could use everything from guns to, uh, you know, like a rocket launcher, you know, to kill everybody. And I, and I feel like with all my experience, with everything I spend in swimming, I like full loaded with the guns and bullets and so on. So I think what like the hero goes to kill them all. And when I walk out of the Olympic Village, I saw the, you know, like uh, clouds uh, go, uh, around the, uh, the Olympic Stadium in the pool. I said, okay, this is a good sign. This is what we learned from the Star Wars. Then the Jedi is getting power from, uh, from the universe. And I really play this. I feel, okay, the, sun, the thunderstorm, it helps me. The energy comes to, my, to me. And this, with this, uh, you know, like um, ideas and thoughts, I uh, we were getting to the block, and I know that all my single weapon we fired in that moment. So I knew that I will leave nothing for me. So everything I gained for this, you know, like uh, for my swimming career, is here, and I got to use it all. So, well, uh, during the race, as you see, we started, uh, you know, with the... Uh, with Sapinski, he was ahead. I was catching up uh, until um, 700, and then I understood that I have to uh, take a lead because the other guys, the Germans, were 
the beta in uh, in our last lap the duster was already uh, won the 400 uh, freestyle with the gold medal and the world record and uh, it was also Pfeiffer who was the European uh, champion in the world uh, I think medalist and so on and I knew if I if I will stay in the last lap with them I will get no chance so the only way for me will be take a lead and uh, go away, you know, as long as I, uh, I as I could, just to really to create um, a significant distance uh, between me and uh, the rest of the field. It was really hard, I tell you. <laughs> it was really, really hard. And uh, but uh, somewhere uh, close to a, a thousand meter mark, <clears throat> I feel like okay, my muscles really, really uh, feel um, stiff. You know, like I, I feel, I feel like the. Um, it was already, I was really tired. And uh, I found that I can control the, the internal clock, you know? It was very, it's, it was a sensational feeling. I, I could control almost every cell in my body, you know? Like I feel, okay, my right hand is uh, getting tired. I have to concentrate on the more relaxing during the, uh, the, uh, the recovery and so on. I really control muscles. And I said, well, what's a great feeling? And the sad feeling was that I knew that is my, it is only happening once because I knew before the race that it's going to be my last, you know, uh, race in my life. And with that, I keep going. I kept going and, uh, well, uh, 300 meters to go. And, uh, you know, same trick as in Moscow, but the distance was not 1,400 meters. It was 13. So I, uh, <laughs> I would tell you. <laughs> it was, you know, really, really hard. So uh, one finish for the, you know, for, for, to make it 1,400 and then another 100 to make it 15. Last lap was awful. My last turn was, you know, like uh, I don't wish to anyone to learn how I make the last turn. I, om I barely touched the wall with my legs uh, on the, um, with my last uh, turn. The push was so weak. But, you know, like I, I was, I, I seen, I saw, you know, all the field. And it's another feeling, like you don't see it with the eyes. You can see it with your brain. You can see somehow you understand what's happening. And uh, I knew they, they tried to catch me. And uh, I knew that only 50 meters to go. So it's really hard for them to really, to get, um, to get to me. But I really, really uh, was losing everything. I mean, I have no strength anymore. And uh, two things. Uh, one, I thought, okay, I should bite my lips a little bit to um, somehow to gain the control. So at least I could feel something. And when uh, 25 minutes to go, I thought, okay, if I'll go straight to the bottom out of exhaustion, it will be not really funny. Because uh, Olympic gold is shining already in front of me. And I have, <laughs> I have, to, I have to just uh, keep uh, myself conscious to get it. When I touched the wall, you know, it was uh, so much, uh, you know, emotions. First, I was absolutely drained. I was, I had, no, I had no water in my body. You know, with a pool full of water, I had no, nothing. My, my mouth was so dry and uh, I was, uh, I felt absolutely exhausted. And I, when I saw a Pfeiffer came, touch the wall and he shook his hand. So what happened why? It was really a touching moment because he was really surprised. And I uh, appreciate he came to me, shook my head, congratulated me for, uh, 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 for, the, uh, for, for the winning. And, uh, but, you know, all, everything 
it was a mixture of everything. They, I was really happy. It was the happiest moment in my life. I was so exhausted that I never felt like this uh, before. And uh, I would, and also it was some sadness because I knew that it was my last event, my last swim. And of course, what you described earlier in the cafeteria, it's a greatest moment uh, of appreciation. It's really, you know, uh, something, some, it's like, when you get a recognition from the people who knew, who knows what is the hard work means, it's different. And that was really a, a great uh, appreciation. And I felt very, very, uh, you know, I, I was really, really touched to, uh, you know, uh, with that, uh, with, with that round of the flowers. And uh, it was, uh, I knew that we're there in the cafeteria, it was not only swimmers, it was, uh, we were swimmers, not swimmers, I mean uh, athletes from different sports, from different countries. And it's absolutely unforgettable moment. I've been to many Olympics. I've never seen, a, I've never seen uh, the athletes from all nations stand up and give us, and give an, a standing ovation uh, to someone from a different country. It, it, I've seen variation. I've seen it happen in small ways, but never, never like that. That was a unique moment. So let's, uh, we've got a few minutes left. You are the president of the Russian Swimming Federation, and I cannot imagine the Olympic stage without the United States and Russia competing. And in 2016, it was, it was, it was a scary moment. It was a disappointing moment. And I think you got angry. We, at Swim Swam, we quoted you, and you were mad about the performance but the performance was kind of close to 2012 from Russia, but you knew that there was an impact because of all the things going on in the media and the politics going into the 2016 games. Um, that's a tough spot. How did, how, how did you feel about it in 16 and, and how did you lead the Russian Swimming Federation going into the 2016 games? You know, uh, if something bad happening, if something terrible happening, I, uh, I keep telling to myself that uh, this situation is not bad enough. Something could be really, really worse. Like, for instance, the extinction of the, earth, of the life in Earth in five billion years. So I try to always uh, turn the bad situation or, um, into the right one. So it means if you not achieve something, we have a chance. And I knew uh, our team was good, but also with that pressure and so everything was surrounding uh, Rio uh, with some scandals and so on. Uh, and our favorite swimmer, Yefimova, she was, uh, you know, allowed to compete in the last moment. Marozov was there. We have top six swimmers who were waiting, you know, like uh, around the corner to waiting for the sports uh, arbitrage to take a decision. And so, of course, they they could not really feel well good enough i mean normal just normal uh to uh to be able to give a hundred percent of what they what they could but but we the performance were the same as uh four years so i would say in uh present uh, in those conditions it was considered as a as a at the end it was a, a good enough result because we we um, we withstand all these problems. The everybody who should compete, they competed. No gold medals means uh, well. It's not a it's not a disaster. Olympics. Uh, we thought we we could uh, we could do better this year in Rio. Oh, sorry, in uh, in, Japan, in in Tokyo. Uh, 
Well, we had more uh, people in the finals. So we had obvious uh, uh, signs of improvement. Well, for that, uh, I decided to, at the end, so we shouldn't really um, feel that we wasted our time to prepare the team and working hard for, uh, for the Federation. So everybody were in place. And, um, and normally, if you not achieve the good results, they, you, you're forced to make analysis and you're forced to, to think what you're going to do. Because victories, I can tell you, when uh, one, two, three, four, and then you think it's, you know, like uh, maybe going to continue without any specific things. And, and it leads to the certain point that you lose uh, maybe a, um, a kind of not to control the coachness maybe there. Yeah? Um, because in out of sudden, if you lose, okay, you stop, stop for a second, you stop thinking what leads you to, uh, to that result analyzing and you forced to improve it. So um, for me, well, I was really disappointed with uh, maybe, uh, we, we were close, we, we, we were close to get some more medals, but uh, we didn't achieve it. But at the end, uh, we didn't make a step back. That was more significant, more important for us. Well, and uh, what's happening now, you know, like uh, we had now, we have more uh, kids in, uh, in the world rankings now, uh, much more than we had before Rio, so also it's a, it's a objective um, sign. It's just you know like gold medals is something, you know, I um, I never were saying that I'm gonna make um, I'm gonna win the medal because I'm superstitious in terms of saying something gonna happen before I'm starting to do that. Uh, but if you if your concentration is uh, you know uh, more. So it means you have it means you have more chances, uh, more possibilities to achieve this. So now we 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 analyzing the the position of our swimmers in the world rankings, and we see that situation is in, improved significantly. Of course, uh, that that was due to the the work of federation. We actually have a program a program for the young uh, kids who are like starting maybe uh, age of uh, 12, 13, 14. We have a good uh, uh, coaches and uh, in a center in the city of Volgograd, former Stalingrad, maybe known uh, better as a Stalingrad. But and we have uh, it's our it's our uh, let's say uh, training center of our federation. We own the center, which is uh, gives up a unique opportunity uh, to use the all uh, new uh, methods and use the really. Uh, a scientific uh, support team which is located there permanently well and I think we created uh, a different uh, a surrounding I think uh, uh, the key to success is not just you know good food it means a lot good training but it also um, a, a situation where you have a lot of people who is uh, doing the same work? I understand if you if you do it better, you can make a step forward. But if you don't do it better, someone will overtake you. So now we have uh, we created a kind of art artificial atmosphere. Unfortunately, we don't have as much pool as you have in uh, United States. And uh, but um, in terms of uh, young swimmers, we have we have a quite a significant amount, which uh, gives a good. Um, uh, 
uh, I would say, uh, who, who, who pushing actually the, the A squad. So we'll see. After, so thank you for coming on. It has been an honor to talk to you and talk to you about your history and learn the, the stories that you had to share about taking that journey. Can, would you come back on and talk to me after your Olympic trials next spring? Would you come back and talk to us before we head to the Olympics? Yeah, sure, no problem. Uh, we have, uh, well, I, ho I hope we're going to have these trials. Every I hope that uh, the virus will, uh, you know, not, uh, well, going to be beaten by with uh, one of those new drugs and so on. And uh, we have the trials in the uh, beginning of April. So right after a couple of days, uh, I'll be happy to, uh, to talk on that. Would love to bring you back and just hear your thoughts about how trials went and, and your expectations for the Olympics going forward. But many thanks and much love. And uh, we will talk to you again yeah. next spring. Yeah, thank you very much. It was my pleasure, really. You've been listening to the Swim Swam podcast. Stay tuned for new episodes every week. You can take Swim Swam podcast on the go by subscribing on your favorite podcast platform. Look for links in the description below and be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel for more videos as well.